Today, let's talk about making our creative enterprises make sense. This is something that creative professionals can learn from the scriptures and this is something that I and all have to learn because I don't think I'm the best negotiator. Someone who is bargaining with you is a buyer. The fact that they want a discount means that they want what you have. That person is a buyer. They're just trying to get it at a different price but they want it. You understand? Yo, uh, there we go. As I say to they who play this today, bless. We create but could be in a place where we stay stressed cause I lack a paid just here. Keep me on my way to make some dollars by making this make sense And let me bless the studio uh, Fix up the microphone, check one, two, three, go sure. This is Udo Ibeleme, your host, and welcome to the show So here on this show, I talk about faith I also talk about creativity and content I get specific in the areas of um, songwriting Particularly, I've been talking a lot about that because this is my wheelhouse. If you guys didn't know, um, I am a professional songwriter. I'm also a music producer. All right. Locally here, I've worked with the likes of um, Positive, Nihilet Blackman, Curtis Jordan, Brandon Best, and uh, even myself. I also um, wear the hat of being a recording and performing artist. All right. What I want to talk about today and the reason why I share that is because um, as I speak about this, I'll be speaking about what I would do, but I hope that it would be of value to another person who might be a different type of creative, all right? I want to talk about how I can make this make sense, economic sense, business sense, all right? The more I understand about um, commerce and exchange, it is supposed to be something in which everyone receives value. When you buy something, um, at the moment at which you buy it, you would rather have that thing than have the money that you're paying for it. So you, at that point at least, see what you're buying as worth more than the money that you're paying for it. And the person who's selling it to you um, sees what they're selling to you as worth less than what they're asking for it, what you're paying for it. Of course, that makes sense because um, the cost price has to be less than the selling price for it to make sense for them. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is the person who's selling, they get a profit when there is an interaction like that, when there's an exchange, when there's commerce, when they do business and the customer they also get value i don't know if to call it profit but again in the moment in which they made that exchange they viewed the good or service that they were getting as more valuable than what they were trading for it the money that they were buying it with so both parties win everyone is supposed to win and so when i talk about making my creative enterprise make sense i would have to talk about it not just as it concerns myself but as it would concern my clients all right so these are the things that are in my head these are the things that i've been thinking about and i hope that some of you guys who are creatives and who serve people creative services 
um, that this would um, resonate with you, help you. Anything that this can do for you, um, I'd be happy about that. All right. So um, these are my thoughts. The first thing that I want to do is that I want to excel at my craft. All right. I want to excel at my craft. I want to be as good as I can be. All right. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. All right. So um, this is, as I said, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. This is in the New American Standard Bible, as will be the um, other citations, the other scriptures that I read here. All right. So I want to excel at my craft. I want to be able to be confident that what I'm giving people is good. I've spoken before about being good at what you do, about that being objective. As I said, the standard for the aesthetic value that we seek to achieve when we're being creative is what God has done, the world that God has made is the aesthetic standard, all right? So we keep that in mind. And that includes the fact that um, you and I, as creatives, and as those who may not even be creatives, um, but likewise human beings just like us, we are made in the image of God. And so it is intrinsic to us, regardless of how much some of us might want to play around with it or say otherwise it is intrinsic to us to know that okay this is good or that this is crap all right and uh, all other things being equal this sort of thing will affect the demand for what you have to offer creatively speaking you understand if you believe that um beauty is in the eye of the beholder then um, you can't demand um, that people do business with you. Typically, where I see that sort of thing excelling, where I see um, modern art and postmodern art and uh, beauty is, the, is in the eye of the beholder type of art, excelling would be among ideologues who have a lot of money. So they want to push things in an ideological direction that would be anti-God and they have a lot of money to throw behind uh, ruthless things in the name of art appreciation. Um, that would be one. Two, like government grants. You understand? This again, like the government doesn't produce anything. They're not putting money into these um, art establishments because they're necessarily getting value from it. They're putting money there so that they can say that they put money there so that they can gain support for whatever um, political aspirations that they have in future, and at least the party behind that government at the point in time, right? Um, so that sort of thing, I can see that working in terms of um, someone being able to um, do well from a financial perspective without actually being good at what they're doing but um i don't see god being pleased with something like that 
I don't see God being pleased with someone who refuses to improve, increase in skill, um, and do all of those things. Um, the edge of excellence can really and truly make a difference, right? Um, I've spoken about how this can be acquired, and a lot of times it's hard work emulating, hopefully not one person because you don't want to be a plagiarist or just a, a, someone that just copies unethically, but you have a bunch of people that you've been able to see that do this thing, and you look at what the common thread through that thing that each of them is doing is, and you emulate that, you replicate that, and you make it your own, and it becomes a skill in your tool belt. You understand? If you're able to find someone who can teach you what that thing is, of course, you, you've you sped up the process. But of course, um, if you want to spend less time and speed up the process like that, most likely you'll have to spend money, right? But um, if you don't have the money to spend, then spend the time to improve, to increase. Um, myself, as a music producer, when I first came in, Having had some um, experience as a pianist, right? As a musician, I've been playing music in church all my life, playing with bands. And uh, I've been classically trained in piano for probably a decade of consistent um, training in piano. Hear me? A decade, two decades, right? I've been playing piano for well over 20 years now. And uh, that type of experience lends to having an advantage when it comes into music production and you want to put your ideas down. It makes that go quickly and you're able to put different things down and work different things. You've been working with a band, so you have all sorts of ideas. And if you come up in the gospel world and the gospel sound, you might be tempted to just load everything all the time and think that that's something that's good um, or that that is altogether always necessary in everything that you're doing but of course with time you listen and you learn that it might not always be the case that maybe you might have to dial back here maybe you might want to focus on this maybe you might want to add an iconic little motif in a, in a certain instrument that people will remember that might not necessarily be a part of the song being sung you know, something to make your song iconic. You learn different things and you um, replicate and you emulate and you make it your own and you put that in and that makes you better. Those things can give you edges. If you're doing your research and development constantly, always doing that, um, giving yourself the edge, all right? So I want to excel at my craft and in whatever ways I can, I will. And I want to make a distinction, again, between excelling at my craft and having great tools. I find that I see a lot of emphasis, especially within the world of music production, on tools. So different um, things that you can put into your software, um, different um, plugins, VST plugins, or whatever, that I have probably never used because i have looked at what i have 
and I've tried my best to make the best of what I have. I'm not saying that I won't get any new tools or that I haven't gotten any new tools over the years. Yes, I have. But um, my ability to use and appreciate those things comes from my ability to use and appreciate what I had at first and be grateful for those things. And as we say, beat those things out and, and know those things um backwards and front ways like the back of my hand you know and be able to understand those things well and use those things well to then add other things and graduate rather than just um stockpiling and increasing your toolbox till all these tools can't even fit in your toolbox and you can't benefit from having all of them but they are clogging up your computer you want to be able to excel at your craft you want to be able to excel at the most basic um, stage possible. Experts never stop doing the basics. They never, ever stop doing the basics. All right? So you want to be able to excel at the basics and to excel at your craft more than just um, collect um, tools or have shiny object syndrome, right? Um, so that's one thing I want to do. I want to excel. I want to be excellent. If someone is doing something that I think I can use, I want to learn it. I want to, um, have it be a part of me so that I can use it if I need to use it. Um, for instance, I was working with a client some time ago and I sent the client a demo. I wrote the song. I also did, um, music production as well. I did the music behind it. And uh, this client wanted a particular sound that I hardly had experience using. So what did I do? I went online, tried to figure out more about it, tried to learn about it. And then I did it. I put it in and I sent it to um, my client and he was pleased. Right? Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Always be excelling. Always be at the cutting edge Good is never good enough. It's never good enough. All right? Um, so the better I can be, the more I can serve my clients, the more value I can bring to my clients. And of course, the more value I can bring to clients, the more of a demand there is for my services. And if there's more demand for my services, then I can get more business. So it makes sense for the clients I work with and it makes sense for me, they receive value from that, I receive value from that. Excel at your craft, all right? So the next thing that I want to say is um, one thing that would make this whole thing make sense for me as well as clients is if I say no, all right? I have a sort of caveat with this, um, but maybe we'll get into that after. I should be willing to say no. I should be willing to say no. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? If it is that um, I don't want to walk together with a particular client, I shouldn't make the appointment. All right? I shouldn't act like as though I agree or whatever the case is and uh, go into it just for the money. I'll explain why in a little bit. Right, and I think some of the explanation will be here in Proverbs. Okay, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 6 through 8. 
Do not eat the bread of a selfish man, or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, Eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsel you have eaten, and waste your compliments. So, we have here a psalm that's telling you, Don't eat with a selfish man. He says eat, but his heart is not really there. Um, it could end up just not going well in the end. I think the word selfish is the important word here. Why would I say no to a client to whom I should say yes? And uh, of course, this would be for different reasons. Maybe what they need is not what I have. Or maybe the terms at which they would do business with me are not um satisfactory for me that that won't work for me or maybe it's a conscience issue on my part whatever it is why would i not say no for the money because i'm trying to get this job because i'm trying to do this thing and get this job and and not lose um this prospect i want to make this prospect a client i want to get the money that comes from that the problem is i'm thinking about myself I'm thinking about myself in that instance. In that instance, I become the selfish man of Proverbs chapter 23 verse 6, who invites you in verse 7 to eat and drink with him. That's what I become. I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about the fact that I need to get money. I want to get money. I want to get this job, right? I'm not thinking about my client and the fact that whatever this is, is not going to work for me. And if it's not going to work for me, especially when we're dealing with creative services, you guys that may or may not be songwriters or music producers like me, right? When you're dealing with creative businesses, and uh, this is a service that comes out of that part of you, it's not going to be good. I'm forcing myself to do something for the money, it's not going to be good. And when it's not as good as it can be, um, it brings my portfolio down. It brings my reputation down. There's a potential now for an anti-referral, a bad testimonial going out there that affects, the work affects him negatively. The, 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 what he does to my name afterwards, that affects me negatively, Right? But it happened because I was being selfish and I said, come and eat and drink. But my heart wasn't really with him. You understand? It would be better for me to say no than to take that type of business. You understand? Take what would make sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to me, say no. Feel free to say no. All right? Now, the caveat that I said that I have before is if you are just starting your creative enterprise and uh, you're not at a place where you excel at your craft. You, you haven't excelled at your craft yet or you haven't demonstrated that excellence with at least like three portfolio projects that you can be proud of, that you can put forward and say, you know, this is what I've done. Maybe at that point, what you need is to build the portfolio up maybe even do some stuff that might not 
be all that whatever but just because you need to get that portfolio out so that you can then do the type of work that you'd like to do at first this is again if you're starting out you need to build that up maybe building a portfolio might mean doing something for free or making up a project to then put into your portfolio maybe you didn't really have business with anyone but you put in something on your portfolio anyway all right you make that up and you put that out but once you have reached the place where you are fully confident that you are no less than the second best in the world at what you do and you have portfolio to prove that you have portfolio to prove your value at that point it's very important that you start to push now to say no to the type of work that will not push your portfolio forward that will not help you that doesn't make sense to you or whatever the case is when you want to get on a next level you understand because you could get on the level where you gain work gain work gain work gain work you want to get on a next level um feel free to say no to certain things feel free to say no if it doesn't make that sense right and if you say no then the prospects that you don't close the prospects that you say no to you will serve them well by not giving them bad work you will serve yourself well by not giving yourself a bad testimonial in the ears of other people all right that makes sense for the both of you right that person will get good work from where they need to get it from and your name will stay clean all right so i've said that you should excel at, at your craft i said that you should say no the next thing i'm going to say is that you should do whatever is in your power to ensure your clients success really do your best to take as much responsibility as you can take all right um and this is something that um i want to continue to practice but i think that i have practiced it up until now all right job the first five verses are job there was a man in the land of us whose name was job and that man was blameless upright fearing god and turning away from evil Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. And they would send an invite, their three sisters... They would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. All right? So, a lot of people are familiar with the story of Job, alright? The thing about Job, though, is um, Job took a different level of responsibility for his family, alright? And we see this um, coming from um, Job, of course, this is chapter 1, verses 4 
and 5. Um, the first time that this was pointed out to me was by someone whose name rhymes with Wuggler Stilson. And what Pastor Wilson was saying is that um, there's a covenantal understanding that um, differentiates blame from responsibility, right? Something could happen within your sphere of responsibility that you can be held accountable for even though it's not your fault, right? You didn't do it. You are not the reason it went bad or whatever, but it's under your purview. So you take responsibility for it. Job, he has these children that he thinks, okay, maybe they did this. Maybe they did something wrong in this way or whatever the case is. And so he did what he did on the off chance that his children curse God in their hearts during the um during their festivities for the birthdays that they were celebrating. Alright? He took a different level of responsibility for his family at that point. Very, very interesting piece of scripture. The reason I'm bringing this up when I talk about ensuring one's client's success is that I, as a music producer especially, I want to take great responsibility, as much responsibility as I can take to ensure that my client succeeds, to ensure that that song does as well as it can go. Now, I do not have silver and gold, but everything that I have, you will get, all right? What do I have? I have a keen sense of how this project should come together. I have the project in my head, and there are little subtleties that I'll put in different places, little variations in the vocals that I might have in my head, all of those things, um, ways in which I figure, okay, this might be the best way to put this particular tune together. And if you ask the clients with whom I've worked closely, um, the one who has who I've heard spoke about it the most um, was um, Nailed Blackman. Big up to Nailed Blackman. She actually um, was joking about it and making me seem like a taskmaster. He was there in the studio with me every time we recorded, and you have to do it his way and such and such and such and such. That is me ensuring my client's success. I want it done like this. I know that what I'm doing here works and I want it done like this. I've worked with as much of my clients like that as I can. Because let's say I'm doing music production. So I'm just doing the music for the song. That song goes out there and uh, it doesn't do as well as it potentially could have done. And I look back at it and I say, ah, I was just a music producer. But knowing full well that had I been a part of the recording process, things could have been better. Had I taken control of this, this aspect of it, things could have been better. Had I taken control of this, things could have been better. There has been probably a half a situation where I think to myself, nah. I could have stepped in here and made this better at this point in time, and I didn't. 
Otherwise, I do my best to employ everything that I have to make sure that this goes well. I might not be the blame for how it sounds at the end of the day, but let me take as much responsibility as possible. That is going to reflect best in the finished product. My client is going to get the best thing that they can get from me. And not just that. My name is not going to be in question when it comes to the things I do. Because the songs that I do, they are awesome. All of them are awesome. They come out, they're awesome. Right? You don't have to be a technical person who understands things the way I understand them to be like, well, he did the music, right? The song might not be all that thing, but listen to the music, though. The music, but... Mm-mm. I want you, person who knows nothing, to listen to it and be like, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. You see, Udo did the music. Yeah, good work. You might not know anything, you know. But the song itself came together well. I'm going to put my all into it and make sure that my clients get the success out of it. I don't make beats. I don't make beats. I will as much as possible take you from start to finish and give you the best service. All right? That's the way how I want to make things make sense and bring the best value to my clients and also bring the best um bring bring the best value also to myself in terms of reputation and name and that would also translate into demand. I want that when people hear my name when it comes to songwriting and music production, it'll be like, yeah, everything he does do, everything he does do real bad. Every, every single thing that he does is excellent. You understand? Let it not be dampened by somebody else. Let it not be affected in any um, bad way by somebody else. You understand? I want to ensure my client's success. So, what have I said so far? I will excel at my craft. I will say no when it doesn't make sense. I will ensure that my client will be successful, ensure my client success. The next thing I will do is that I will not compromise price, okay? And I think that um, all of the things that I'm doing up until now um, should lead very, very well into that, okay? So I'm excelling at my craft, what I'm giving is good. The quality that I'm putting out is good. All right. Um, another thing that um, is of value to a client would be how soon can they get it? How soon can they get the finished product from me? All right. Why I wouldn't um, want to charge an hourly rate um, especially when I've reached a place where I excel at my craft and I'm I'm doing things in a very efficient manner is because if I'm being paid by the hour, then I'm incentivized not to do the job efficiently. Um, there are certain things that I do believe should be um, should be charged by the hour. If you are a receptionist, for example, that person should be paid by the hour because what you're paying that person to do requires them setting aside hours of their lives and offering them to you 
in order to be available for whoever might call or whoever might walk in or whatever the case is. What you need from them is to be available to render certain services within a certain period of time, within business hours. You need to be accessible as a business through them within working hours. So you're actually paying them for hours. But when someone comes to me as a creative professional, they come to you, they are coming to you for a service, not just a service. They're coming to you for some desired result that they see getting out of that service. You understand? Of course, as I said, the value that they're going to get from you is going to be more than what they are willing to pay you for it to make sense, right? But the value of what you're giving to them is a lot, all right? The value of what you're giving to them is a lot. And it's more valuable when they get it sooner. It's more valuable if you can do it all things remaining equal, same quality, all of those things, within less time, all right? So um, I do involve hours at all within my um, pricing. But um, when it comes to price, I don't want to compromise. I want to take into account the fact that I'm excellent at my craft. I want to take into account the fact that I ensure my client success, the level of service, the level of um, red carpet experience, if you want to say it that way, that I want to give to my clients to be able to give that type of service. It has to make sense for me, all right? If you want something done well, but um, you're not willing to pay for what you want done well, it's going to take longer. It's going to take much, much longer because that person's, the person whom you're, not paying enough has to split their attention between doing this thing that you're not paying them adequately for and making a living trying to acquire other customers that would actually pay them that would actually mind them while they're doing what um you're asking them to do that um doesn't make any economic sense so us as creative professionals we have to weigh out the fact that we do what we do well, we have a demand, and that demand, the demand for our products, has to include those people that we're saying no to. They are included in the demand. Even though we don't, we may not want to work with them, or we may not want to give them bad service by working with them, they are included in the demand. The fact that these people came in still means that your thing is valuable. You understand? So factor in your demand, which would include the people you said no to. Factor in the value of what you're doing. You understand? And factor in the level of service that you're given, that you're going to do whatever is in your power to ensure client success. Factor in the fact that um, I'm there in the studio. Factor in the fact that I'm making sure that everything sounds the way it has to sound, not putting it out without such and such and such, putting all the subtleties. Factor all of that in and uh, that everything is bespoke. Everything is custom. Don't have anything lying on the shelf for anybody. Everything is custom. Everything is for you and everything is whatever the case is and you want that within a particular amount of time. Then... 
that means for that particular amount of time, I have to be able to focus on nothing else but that. If I don't get something that makes sense to me, then I will have to focus on acquisitions as well as fulfilling this thing for you, right? So I don't want to compromise on price because if I compromise on price, then it means that my attention is split. I'm not able to do this thing well for you or I'm not able to do this thing in a timely manner for you and uh, you are going to be disappointed. You're going to want revisions. You're going to all of those things and that is going to affect my name and my, my reputation. You're going to go and say, well, yeah, I work with so-and-so and this is how it went and it didn't go well. All of those things, right? The whole interaction is bad. Also, the fact that I'm not getting enough from you, but I'm doing all of this for you. There's a tender, there's probably a probability of me becoming resentful if this doesn't go um, the way I want it to go. Um, in terms of what I'm being paid, I, I could get resentful. It could affect the quality of the work. Again, this is creative work that I'm doing for you. You understand? So um, this might be one of the reasons that I would have to say no for the same reasons that I was talking about while I was talking about saying no. I want to make sure that you get what you need. And maybe the type of thing that I offer which is what I'm pricing for, is not what you need. You understand? Maybe you might need to get it somewhere else. All right? Let's look at some scriptures, man. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 14. Bad, bad, says the buyer, but when he goes his way, then he boasts. Someone I know and love very much uses this scripture to speak in support of bargaining. Right? But, um... I do believe that um, there's something else working here, all right? Someone that asks for a bargain, and I think um, this is something that creative professionals can learn from the scriptures, people who do business, all those things, people who do negotiations can learn from the scriptures. Someone who is bargaining with you is a buyer. Regardless of the fact that they're looking for a discount or that they're trying to criticize this, the good or service that they're asking for from you. The fact that they want a discount means that they want what you have. That person is a buyer. You understand? He is going to say that it's bad in front of you. And that's the word that's used. Like I know um, another translation might say it is not, it is not, like it's nothing. The actual word is ra. Like that's the word for evil, which um, is a term that you could use for moral evil ethical evil or you could use it for circumstantial evil like something bad happening you know so this is what he's saying like th this thing is bad but when he leaves after having bought the thing that he said was bad i don't know why he bought it he's gonna boast why is he boasting because he doesn't believe that what he bought was bad he was being dishonest someone who is bargaining for a price is a buyer so it's not something that and this is something that i i and all have to learn because i don't think i'm the best negotiator right but someone who is bargaining is a buyer they want what you have that's why they're bargaining they're just trying to get it at a different price 
whatever the case is. But they want it. You understand? That's why they're bargaining. All right? Um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Um, that the laborer is worthy of his wages, I only see that in the Gospels, which makes the scripture even more interesting, right? But the laborer is worthy of his wages. If you do good work, if you give people that level of service or whatever the case is, you are worthy of what economically makes sense to you. Don't compromise on it. Because it will make it your ability to, to, to serve. Your ability to serve will go down. You understand? Everything will, will become about pinching, pinching, pinching. You understand? You charge what makes sense for you. Slap something on top of that as well. Then later down something unexpected happens. You end up having to spend more time or spend more money. Or someone wants a revision or whatever the case is. That is accounted for already in your price. You understand? And what this might mean for some of us is that um, we have to stretch ourselves and get into different markets of people who have the wherewithal and the pain points and the need for what we offer. You understand? Maybe where we are, the people that we're connecting with, they don't have that. They don't have those pain points and or those funds and that's fine but we should stretch outside of that so that um what we're doing can make economical sense for us and we can offer again when we're well taken care of and we don't have to think about taking care of ourselves we can properly focus on the work and get good work to the client that's that's value for me that's value for the client all right and uh, be willing to help someone who, okay, um, it might not be good for you. So I, I said that you should say no. And uh, one of the reasons you might say no is because you don't want to compromise on price. All right. And if that's the case, then um, be willing to help. Maybe what I have is not for you. Maybe what I offer is not something that you need right now. Maybe... Doing stuff at this level is not what you need, not, not what's going to serve you very well. But in my network, I know so and so and they do it for this whatever and, and so that makes sense or whatever the case is. You understand? You help. You help people. You understand? If you're someone that can help, you're giving value to prospects as well. You understand? You're positioning yourself as someone of high status in terms of um what you offer as opposed to those in your space your competitors you understand because you are of course more expensive and you're giving value you're helping someone to get on to someone else if and when that person is able to actually use your services they will come back to you you understand last thing is don't steal and this is just about being honest. You understand? Keeping your word and that sort of thing. Of course, we know um, the Eighth Commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 15 says, You shall not steal. All right? 
Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28 says, He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Alright? So, Ephesians chapter 4 here. Um, very interesting. Working and laboring is juxtaposed with stealing. So it's either you work or you steal. Those are your options. I mean, there's another option, but dying, which is the other option, is hardly ever seen as an option, right? So you work or you steal. If you are existing and you're not working, that means you're getting your sustenance from somewhere. Something is happening. You're getting your sustenance from somewhere. And in most cases, of course, there are exceptions, children, etc. It means that you're getting your sustenance from where you shouldn't be. You're taking it from someone else. All right? When we don't do what we're supposed to do, we don't um, fulfill our requirements and all of those things, or we don't give the level of service that we're supposed to give, we're stealing people's money. You understand? And, uh, of course, I'm talking about what you're supposed to do, what has been agreed on. I'm not talking about um, going over and beyond, you understand? We creative people, sometimes, we tend to do that, you understand? And uh, this is why I say this don't compromise price thing, because this is for me too. I would go over and beyond and, and do everything to ensure my client's success. But... um. My prices also need to reflect that. My prices need to reflect that level of service that I give. All right? Um, but um, when someone pays for something, they should get it from us. You know? If we're not doing that, then we're stealing. You understand? And of course, stealing from our clients doesn't work for our clients. Um, the word gets out. It doesn't work for us either. You understand? The service was not good. The service was incomplete, whatever. That doesn't work for us either. All right? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be filled with gravel. It is possible to make a short-term bag, as they say, off of dishonest business practices and that sort of thing. But um, as I said, it's short-term. Is short-lived all right so um these are the things that um i think i can do to make this creative business of mine make sense for myself and for my clients all right i will excel at my craft i will say no i will ensure my client's success i will not compromise on price i will be willing to help clients and prospects and I will not steal from my clients. All right. So um, these are the things in my head with regards to this. I hope this has been of value to you. If you're interested in doing business with me, check the link in the show notes. Let's work. And of course, I have one more thing to say. Praise Jesus. You made it through the whole episode, the show done. Hope you get some positive in the nucleus, you know, a proton. Anyhow, you know this slogan. Preach, 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 Jesus. Jesus.